The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air across Kentucky with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is your chance to get the latest news and views on your cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And you can interact with Tom by tweeting at Leach Report or by emailing leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call the drinksword.com hotline, 877-904-1080. Now, here's Tom Leach. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. It is our Thursday edition of the Leach Report. Had a lot of rain coming into the bluegrass uh, later today and lasting for a while. I was looking ahead of the forecast going to take a big drop in the temperatures by middle of next week so i'm guessing that'll carry over for the next home game against tennessee a week from saturday so get prepared for that but it's supposed to be nice down at starkville this weekend for kentucky and mississippi state under the lights on saturday we'll talk about that matchup today with justin Rowland from cats illustrated mike pratt will join us as he does on thursdays to get a take on what he saw out of the blue white game as kentucky prepares to take on its first exhibition opponent of the season tomorrow night, and that would be Kentucky Westland. And their radio voice, Joel Utley, will join us. He's been in that job for six decades, and that is a record in college basketball. And uh, we will talk with Joel in our final segment of the day. That's the guest lineup. Let's roll into the Wildcat News of the Day, presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Mark Stoops yesterday was on the SEC teleconference and confirmed what Will Levis had told the media on Tuesday, which is that Josh Ali is back out there. Stoops said Ali will definitely play. Now, he said anytime you have a receiver, a player at a position like receiver, like Josh, that is coming off a knee injury that you want to you know, be a little careful and make sure that they can uh, – do all the movements that are required, but so far so good for Josh Ali. And again, Stoops said he'll definitely play, and that's uh, welcome news to Wandell Robinson, who's gotten so much attention of late, extra attention, and not only because of what he's done on the field, but because they didn't have to worry about defending Josh Ali for about three games. So that should help Kentucky's passing attack on Saturday against a Mississippi State defense that has had a tendency to give up some big plays this season. They are uh, very aggressive, and you can uh, potentially burn them deep, so maybe Kentucky can get back to hitting some of those uh, long balls to Robinson and or Ali this weekend. Potentially big news, speaking of wide receivers, that would be coming tonight here in Lexington. Dane Key, the son of a former Wildcat, Dante Key, is set to announce his college choice. Dane plays for Douglas High School. The announcement is set for 6 Eastern time. And it's Kentucky, Michigan, South Carolina that have been battling it out to land Dane Key. This would be a big get, one of the top players, arguably could be the top player in the state. And he makes his college choice tonight. Adem Bona on the basketball recruiting front said yesterday he will announce his college choice On November 1st, so Monday is when we will get that announcement for the big man that Kentucky and UCLA are going head-to-head to to try to land. And he visited UCLA last weekend, but then John Calipari went out to the West Coast to meet face-to-face 
with Bona. So we'll see if that paid dividends come Monday for the Wildcats. Got a chance to watch a little of the volleyball match last night from Knoxville, where number five Kentucky took down number one, or excuse me, number twenty-one Tennessee, in dominating fashion. A three-zero sweep. Aaron Lamb, twelve kills for Kentucky. Couple of notes for UK men's basketball. Uh, the Wildcats open at number eleven in the coaches' poll. I think there were ten in the AP poll. Kentucky Duke set for a nine thirty tip off. We all knew that was coming, right? Which means it'll probably be closer to 9.45 or 10 up at Madison Square Garden in the season opener on November 9th. A couple of other game times have been set. Kentucky's game at Notre Dame on December 11th will be at 5.15 on ESPN. And the home game on the 29th on a Monday night against Central Michigan and Tony Barbie is going to be on the SEC Network at 7 Eastern time in Rupp Arena. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at almost 70 Clark's Pump and Shops across the bluegrass. When we come back, Mike Pratt will join the program. We'll uh, get his take on what he saw out of the blue-white game. Very impressed. I know if you listen to the broadcast, you got an idea of how impressed he was with Ty Ty Washington with Oscar Sheepways. We'll elaborate on that and more when we come right back. It is The Leach Report, Radio Network, for a Thursday. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Quarter past the top of the hour on this Thursday as we welcome Mike Pratt into the program. It is at MikePratt22 on Twitter. We had a nice uh, event last evening that you and I were part of. Uh, Keith Elkins, who for many years has done the post-game show on our uh, UK network uh, broadcasts in basketball, uh, men's basketball, uh, is retiring. So uh, he has hung up the microphone, so to speak. And uh, it was good. To, we had a nice little dinner to honor uh, Keith's work for our network, and uh, that was fun last night. It was a lot of uh, you know the guys that were have been a part of um, the broadcast for years. Mike Dotson and not with us now, but he was a very key part. Gabe and you know Jimmy Barnhart. I mean, we had the, the full house, the whole um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, let's uh, talk a little basketball, Kentucky basketball, to uh, jump right in here because we saw them in action, uh, albeit in an interest squad setting last Friday. But uh, I think I said at one point during the broadcast that I could tell you were uh, campaigning to be president of the Ty Ty Washington and or Oscar Sheboy fan clubs. I, I like Sheboy and I like Ty Ty, and I think that though there's other guys on the team. I think are you know I'm, I'm, I'm big Vince fan because he, he knows uh, when to shoot it, and uh, he can shoot it. Big shots. Uh, big shot, Davian Mintz. Um, yeah, there's, uh, the freshmen all impressed me, too, Tom. I thought they all did some things really well. Uh, Collins can step out on the floor and shoot the ball, and Hopkins is just a powerful player, plays bigger than 6'6". And, then, of course, you have Ty Ty, and... Uh, I think there's a chance that this blend of those three and the uh, transfers uh, got a chance to be pretty daggone good this year, assuming no injuries and no internal problems, which 
uh, you know, you don't anticipate those, but they do happen. It, uh, I said yesterday, it, it was a, a group that uh, just seemed to really enjoy being out there playing. It was a group, you know, a much more of a group. Of, it seemed of perverts. Where last year the guys, and it's just you know the nature of, of personalities. It's not uh, good or bad. It's just, but that uh, team seemed to. And, and part of that may have been because they were spent so much time being isolated that uh, it was a little more introverted, it seemed. But this group, a lot of smiles, uh, shared the ball well, I thought. We'll see how that continues against outside competition tomorrow night. But I, I, I think it's going to be – fans are going to enjoy watching this team play, and I think they're going to score a lot. I would agree. And, you know, last year, no reflection on the quality of the person. But don't, there were guys on the team that were ball stoppers, you know that. Mm-hmm. And – uh uh, this team doesn't seem to have ball stoppers. It seems to have ball movers. And that's the important thing, um, I think, for this team. Because last year, the ball stuck it. It stuck. And then we couldn't make any or couldn't make a high percentage of the shots. I mean, that's that's a bad combination. You can have a ball stopper. But if he can convert 50% of the time, that's not all bad. But we didn't have that. So I like the way the ball – most of all, I like the way the ball moves and the way the guys uh, uh, moved without the ball and spaced the floor. I thought that was really good the other night. Let's talk about uh, Ty Ty's game and what it is that uh, you liked from what you saw. Well, he just his body language uh, just told me that he was in control of the game. He was in control of his game, and um, he, he's got a he can change his speeds. Did you notice that he? He'll change his speeds very quickly, and uh, that that's going to allow him to, to go places with the ball, Tom. Um, and he, he showed us a deep tray. And, I mean, the kid's got the whole package. If he's got to grow it, but um, he showed me a lot of things uh, the other night in the blue-white. This is a, maybe an odd comparison because it's to a, a running back, but uh, Mark Higgs was a guy a long time ago, so this you have to go back into the wayback machine, back into the '80s for Higgy, but he had that ability to kind of glide, and then when he saw the seam explode and you know get zero to sixty quicker than most, and then he could also kind of you know back it off to make a cut, um, and uh, you know you can see some of that. I guess some some of that's what you're talking about with uh, Ty Ty Washington. Yeah, that's a, a, a very good comparison and i'll take it to uh three guards that we're all familiar with here in the 2000s we've got a little brandon knight about him the mid-range game and brandon he could shoot the the long ball but he also liked to go to the rim a little bit of uh, i think he's more athletic than brandon but he's got a lot of his game and we like that and i think he's got a, a lot of murray's game as far as his shooting what i saw his deep shooting just the other night got a lot of murray in him and then the other guy is talking about what you're talking about with Higgs gliding and changing pace and direction. And that reminded me of De'Aaron Fox. Um, now he's not, he hasn't shown me he's the defender that, that Fox was, but with the ball, uh, he did a lot of things, um, that we talked about that remind me of De'Aaron. Uh, we'll shift to, to Shibway. And before talking about Oscar, let me get a quick thought from Lance Ware because Lance is the guy that has to battle Oscar every day in practice. And 
Uh, you know, again, it was an intra-squad game, but uh, it looks like Lance is going to benefit from that daily experience. Absolutely. Every day against a guy that's that powerful, a powerful player, makes you adjust your game to him, makes you learn how to play against a guy like that. You'll probably see it again. But, you know, I think the key is this for, for the big guys. For, uh, well, Collins plays outside more than Schwebway in, in, in Lance. So he's got a little different niche in the game for the Cats. But as far as Lance Ware, figure this out. People get in foul trouble. Okay, aggressive people get in foul trouble more than, than people who aren't aggressive. And Schwebway is Oscar's aggressive. So if I'm Lance Ware, man, I'm sitting over there if I don't start, and I'm saying I'm ready to play when he puts me in, and I'm going to gobble up some minutes. And, and I think that's, that is a um, development we'll have to watch. Uh, Lance Ware, his minutes behind Schwebway, and of course Collins is—he's more of a perimeter player now. He's going to get some minutes, but his game is is a different niche on this team. Coaches use the word motor often to talk about what they're getting or not getting from a player, and it's just sustained effort. I don't think Cal will ever have to complain about Oscar's motor. No, no, Oscar has got a motor as big as, as he is. I mean, he goes all the time. And, you know, he's going to get a lot of points with that motor running the floor against other big guys, Tom, uh, that don't want to run the floor or can't run the floor. Oscar will get ahead of the crowd, I think, and I want to really watch that. You know, if he gets a couple bucks buckets a game, you know, four points, maybe six, who knows, four points and a couple foul shots, could be difference makers, could really be difference makers. Tag some fouls on uh, on the opponent's big guy who's trailing, who can't keep up, or if he does keep up, he fouls. I mean, there's a there's a nice piece there for a guy who is what people call a rim runner, rim to rim, and uh, he's he's got he shows he's got the heart and the speed to do it. Part of the big part of the key of being a good free throw shooting team is having the right guys get fouled most often. Uh, I think I, I'm gonna I think this will be a good free throw shooting team because they've got so many guys that to shoot the ball well. Yeah, I think so. We well, the only time will tell, Tom, on that. But I, I think they could be. Yes, I think they could be. And um, you know, Ty Ty can make a play, and uh, he can create space for himself. And when a guy can do that, then he is subject to being fouled. So I think you'll see him. And then they've got to honor Vince, okay. And if Grady picks up the shooting, there are a lot of guys that offensively can present problems and possibly draw fouls. Anything else that particularly was noteworthy to you coming out of the first time seeing him in action? I want to see the development of the defensive end. You know how Calipari is about that. You know, you're going to earn yourself additional minutes by the way you play defense. And uh, there wasn't much play the other night. We'll see as we get into this season, you know, how the defense works out, if they can keep the ball out of the paint and if they can uh, uh, hold their own and, and win the battle of the boards. That, that's, those are really important things. At Mike Pratt 22 on Twitter, you'll hear him on the call tomorrow night for Kentucky and Kentucky Wesleyan with Darren Hedrick, as I'll be down in Starkville. So Darren will be uh, pinching Bring us back tomorrow. Bring so Tom. I will do my best, and you guys uh, have a good call there in Rupp, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. This is Mike Pratt joining us here on this Thursday. We'll come right back with Justin Rowland from Cat
Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. 27 past the top of the hour on our Leach Report for Thursday as we welcome in Justin Rowland from Cants Illustrated. Dane Key set to make his announcement tonight. It's gonna, do you think it's going to be Kentucky? Yeah, that would be my guess. The other finalists, Oregon, South Carolina, Michigan. I know South Carolina has recruited him really hard. Uh, I know Michigan was kind of a giant come lately. Uh, after Clinkscale went up there, they've had a lot of ground to make up, and apparently the visit went really well. But Kentucky is where kind of always suspected he would end up if they could get the offense on track enough to make a good case to him. And I would, I would guess they've done enough, but you know we'll see at 6 o'clock. Any guess on a Dembona on the basketball side? Well, the last Travis Graff with us heard, uh, it w- there wasn't overwhelming confidence on that. I, I would say less; they were less confident on that than, than we've been on the football side with Dane Key, is the last I've heard. Let's uh, shift to the game this Saturday. I saw uh, your uh, Twitter timeline where you uh, caught up to one of your counterparts on the Mississippi State side. Uh, what's the the biggest concern do you think State has in this matchup? Um, that's a good question. It, it sounds like they go as their offense goes. Defensively, a little bit like Kentucky, they play, play very differently than Kentucky, but you kind of know what you're going to get with them. They're going to stop the run. Um, but offensively, they've been a little bit more up and down than they have been defensively, and I think be a concern. They don't win the explosive battle a lot. They don't create a ton of explosives, and you can hit explosives on them. And that, you know, offensively hasn't been a streak for Kentucky, but Kentucky's good at it now. They can create explosives, and they stop explosives. So I think that part of the matchup favors Kentucky. Seems like that uh, Mike Leach doesn't yet quite have the personnel to match his system. Who was that? Mike Leach. Oh, yeah. That, it's better than last year, no doubt. You know, they're, they're, they're just a better team than last year. The receiver play is better. The quarterback play, the quarterback numbers are better. They can still stop the run fairly well. Uh, he's still trying to get those. It, it's almost like the triple option, but not quite as much of a transition to get that air raid personnel intact. But, um, no, I mean, I would caution, this is, this is not a bad team. I know they, they've had some results that are head-scratchers. They should have beaten Memphis. There was a bad call in that game. They, they should have beaten Louisiana Tech by more. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be close. Talking with Justin Rowland. We'll continue to do that when we come right back. Here on the Leach Report from the Clark's Mother's Shop Studio. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Report was served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and in Palomar. Joined by Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, the personnel that uh, Mike Leach inherited and now b- b- recruited in his second year to run his air raid offense. Uh, just kind of uh, is a serves as a good reminder of you know sometimes you you have to be a little lucky as well as good when. Uh, Coach Mummy, Coach Leach, and that crew arrived here in 97 at Kentucky to start running their uh, version of the air raid. It was pretty nice to walk into Tim Couch, Craig East, and Anthony White, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, funny how that worked out. Yeah, that de- that definitely did work out for him. And I think it was a little bit easier back then because that was really, you know, when the air raid was kind of at the cutting edge of the sport. And you were 
just, it was just different to face a team like that. And uh, maybe they didn't have all the personnel that, that you would have wanted in the SEC to run it, but it was different enough that, that I think it was a real advantage. I think if you tried to run it now, um, teams just be more used to, to, to playing defense against it, and it's less of a splash impact thing. But, but yeah, those were, those were exciting days, and I remember those, those days as somebody who was watching. And, um, I think to, to see the program even farther along than it was then um, and doing it in a conventional way is something I didn't expect to happen. Yeah, I don't, don't know that anybody did, and uh, obviously credit to, to Mark Stoops and his staff for doing that. Uh, and you can speak to this for the, you know, knowing the recruiting scene well, that Stoops, Stoops was maybe uniquely qualified to uh, pull this off, number one, the quick caliber of coach, and number two, uh, the access to talent from the state of Ohio to be able to, to recruit that as well as a lot of Kentucky coaches over the years talked about doing but never were able to, that he and, and Vince were able to, to pull that off and effectively you know, change Kentucky's base of recruiting from the state of Kentucky to the state of Kentucky and Ohio. Yeah, and I always say that that, was, that happened at the same time that the SEC had that run of like seven straight championship wins um seven straight national championships and they've been in the championship game i think 13 out of the last 14 years now and so that that doesn't help you if you're just recruiting where all the other sec schools are recruiting but if you're taking that sec brand when it had never been that that great before i mean it's always been a great conference but you know never far and away the best conference just nationally recognized as such you take that into Big Ten country, then that's an advantage. And they had never had an advantage recruiting anywhere compared to, to the rest of the SEC. And when you take that into the Big Ten country, where mostly other SEC schools are not recruiting, well, that's a gain. And I think those two things happening at the same time uh, have been a big, big positive. And the recruiting just keeps getting a, a little better and better each year, it seems. And now Kentucky is, is poised to have uh, one of the, the best years in its history uh, when they're already you know doing well recruiting. So these next two games are, uh, are massive because they're you know close uh, close figure to be close games. At least uh, looks that way from the uh, what the odds makers think. And it is uh, you know if if Kentucky or before the season started, you said they'd uh, you know be nine and three. Um, then you know, I think everybody would be would have been very very happy with that um, nine and three, you know, ten and two, something like that. Now everybody looks at it, and Kentucky's you know slight favorite this week. Now probably going to be favored next week, and will be favored then in its remaining games. So everybody wants eleven and one now that you can see it on the horizon. I think so. That's understandable. I mean, I think. Um, Tennessee and Mississippi State uh, are not going to be easy. You know, I think the other three they're going to be favored in, Louisville by less than Vanderbilt and New Mexico State. But um, I, I've always been of the mind, even now, that if they finish 10-2, and two, that's still, you know, you still have to feel great about it. I don't of think 10-2 and two eliminates them from the New Year's Six conversation at all. You know, 11-1 and one would obviously be, be better. But, you know, it's not like – a huge letdown necessarily if they drop one the way that Mississippi State or Tennessee have played this year. I think they're going to be favored in in both games at kickoff time, but they're going to be close enough that, you know, when, when they lost to 
Tennessee and kind of through that dud in 2018, that probably cost them a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Um, they did go to the Citrus, so that probably cost them a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't know that one of those losses necessarily cost them that. We'll just have to see. These are uncharted waters for Kentucky football, and um, you know, maybe they'll uh, become more accustomed to them. But the uh, point being is that if you're a coach, you don't want your players getting caught up in you know, bigger-picture discussions. You want them to stay in the moment. Um, but uh, fans can you know, run with the uh, ball a little bit here. And I know uh, you were uh, painting a scenario, I think it was maybe last week, I saw a post about um, – how Kentucky would have a, you know, it, it's not a one-in-a-million shot at the playoff if things played out the right way. So elaborate on that a little bit. Well, yeah, it, it takes a lot of explaining, but they need a few things to happen. It would help if Alabama lost again, but, you know, if that happens, then they might be in the Sugar Bowl. So there's, there's good and bad with that. Cincinnati uh, needs to play close games at least. SMU is probably the only team that can beat them that's on their schedule. But, you know, it's no given that they just get in at 12-0 and 0 because the schedule strength is going down, down, down as it's going up for other schools. Oklahoma hasn't racked up a lot of style points this year. They're going to have to beat Baylor, Oklahoma State, and then the Big 12 championship. And I'm not sure they've looked good enough to automatically get in with a loss because they also, at some point, how many playoff losses you can have before teams start to get a or the committee gets a little reluctant about putting him in there. And then all those Big Ten teams are going to beat up on each other the last month of the season. I mean, this weekend alone, we've got Ole Miss-Auburn, Michigan-Michigan State, Iowa-Wisconsin, Ohio State-Penn State, Notre Dame goes on the road to North Carolina. They could lose that game. There are five games that, that give Kentucky the chance to climb up more in the rankings. And uh, a lot of those games remaining because of the Big Ten and the way that those guys are ranked now. So I, I, I just felt like it, there's more of a chance for Kentucky to get to the playoff than I think people realize um, because there are a lot of really uh, big games remaining. And it would be uh, at minimum hard to see them not in a New Year's Six Bowl if they just take care of their own business because enough other things will happen. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like they could get to New Year's Six at 10-2 and two, um, because, you know, Penn State's kind of tanking. I just don't believe that four or five – Big Ten teams are going to be at least in the New Year's Six. I just I felt like those rankings are a little bit artificially high. We, we made some assumptions about teams like Iowa beating guys that they haven't turned out to be as good as we thought they were going to be. Um, I just I have a hard time believing a ten and two SEC team that's going to be finished ranked in the top you know twelve or so if that's what it is would would be left out. Let's go back to uh, Kentucky and Mississippi State for Saturday night. Um, what are the elements where Kentucky has to be at its best in to get out of there with a win? I think they're going to need to run the ball some. I mean, before the Georgia game, they were averaging 260 rushing yards a game in the SEC. I don't think they're going to rush for 260 here. But they they, ha- they can't become one-dimensional. Mississippi State can stop the run. If they have trouble running the ball, um, then they can't get away from it. They still have to run to set up the pass. I just don't think they're a team that wants to throw it 45, 50 times on the road like they did against Georgia. Um, so I would say keeping balanced on offense and then winning the explosive play battle. The, the other thing we almost take for granted now is turnovers. I kind of don't think about them as that team that was negative nine through the first four weeks or so because they've cleaned it up. 
but you can't turn it over on the road there in Starkville because that's that's led to some problems in the past. One other question, a quick question. Kentucky's had great success in the transfer portal so far. Uh, Taj Harris is a wide receiver that is in there from Syracuse. Do you think he becomes a prime target for Kentucky? Yeah, yeah, I think I think they've got a good shot with him. He's he was on track to be the all-time leading receiver at Syracuse before he entered the portal earlier this year. And he's at over 2,000 career receiving yards, um, 6'2". He's a really good player. He's somebody who can break tackles, spin out of tackles uh, near the line of scrimmage, even though he's big, can play slot or receiver. He's he's second in the country in forced missed tackles the last two years as a receiver, kind of player he is right there. Um, I don't know that he's he's who you'd want to go into next year as, like, this is the, the number one receiver we're going to be targeting all year, but he makes the whole receiving core a lot better if he's a part of it, and I think they got a good shot. Justin Rowland, it's at Roland Rivals on Twitter, catsillustrated.com on the web. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's 16 away from the top of the hour. It's the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. When we come back, we'll talk to the radio play-by-play voice for Kentucky Wesley. Joel here on the Leach Report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Back into our Thursday shows, we welcome into the program Joel Utley. He's the radio play-by-play voice for the Kentucky Wesleyan Panthers, who will be playing the Kentucky Wildcats tomorrow night in Rupp. Max Falkenstein called Kansas games for 60 years. Joel, you're blowing right by him this season at 61. Hey, Tom, thank you very much. Uh, it's great to be on the program with a guy whose signature call I love every time I hear it. Thank Touchdown, you. Touchdown, Kentucky. Oh, <laughs> what, <laughs> you're great, man. You're great. Well, I was just telling my producer, Shannon, it's like, if I, if I try to tie you in doing Kentucky basketball, I'll be 101 in my 61st season. I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> hey, listen, Tom, don't give up, brother. Don't give up. You'll make it. <laughs> it's so much, isn't it so much fun to do what you love to do? It's it not is. work. And don't tell our bosses that, but it's not work. We love what we do, man. We just love it. You'll You're make it. absolutely right. I, you know, when Kentucky went through a rough patch in, in football, somebody, people would ask, you know, from time to time, you know, boy, I bet you were glad for that season to be over or last year in basketball. And I'm like, really? It's, that's not the case. I mean, obviously the, the good seasons are more fun, but I always tell people I get to do what I love to do about 50 times a year. And the you know the the other work is to 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 support that, and so if I only get to do it fifty nights or days a year, then uh, I'm happy with with all of them, no matter what the outcome is. Well, I tell you, you're exactly right, but we're not going to broadcast that. We're going to let our bosses know that man, we Amen. work and slave, and it's really a a, 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 a drudgery at times. That's yes, not it true, is. But we're not going to broadcast that, Tom. <laughs> you know, at Wesley and Joel, you had a lot of great basketball to cover. All those uh, championships uh, uh, you've called—what is—is it a dozen NCAA championship games at various levels? Yes, we. Yes, yes, we we played in twelve uh, NCAA Division two championship games. We played um, uh, six in a row, if you can believe that. 
and uh, and we uh, of course we we won eight national championships, but uh, we won the first six times we played in the national championship game, not consecutively, but the first six times we played, we won the national title, and then later in uh, our history, uh, Ray Harper took us to six straight championship games in Division Two. We won two of those, we lost four, but nevertheless, uh, eight national title games, and including six straight championship games in a row. Now, that is quite an accomplishment by Kentucky Wesleyan and their coach at that time, Ray Harper. I read where you grew up listening to St. Louis Cardinal baseball games on the radio. Uh, grew up in Madisonville. So who were you listening to then? Was it uh, that Harry Carey or before then? Yes, Harry Carey and Gus Mancuso were the broadcasters. Later, Jack Buck joined yeah. the uh, team. But nevertheless, Harry Carey, you know, when he went to the Cubs, I followed the Cubs a little bit, but not as much uh, <laughs> as I did uh, when Harry Carey was uh, with the Cardinals. But, oh, goodness sakes, Tom, you know what it's like. You you, you hear those uh, uh, sound pictures coming out of that box, and, oh, it's just magical, magical. You're right about that. Uh, tell me about the, this Kentucky Wesleyan team this year. This year we're going to have more depth than we have had before. We're going to be a ball club that is going to be faster than we uh, were before. And our Coach Drew Cooper has brought in some talented uh, transfers. And as a result, we should be better than we have been the, the last two or three years. And in year number four for our head basketball coach who does such a dedicated good job, Drew Cooper has uh, lined us with some very good talent for this year. Uh, our, our, our top returning scorer is Wyatt Battle. He's from Pikeville. He transferred to us from the University of Louisville two years ago. And Wyatt uh, is an outstanding talent all the way around. And then we have another uh, uh, fellow from northern Kentucky who's done a really good job, and you can see his maturity every year, Ben Sisson. He's a 6'6 junior from Fort Thomas Highlands. And then we also have uh, uh, some outstanding uh, transfers. Uh, Antonio Thomas is a 6'2 junior who comes to us from Memphis and uh, previously was at Bradley University. And uh, our Panthers also have an outstanding uh, point guard, 6'5 junior from uh, uh, Idaho. He played uh, at Idaho and was there last year. And then a couple of uh, freshmen who are very, very good. One is uh, a name that most Kentuckians should know, Scotty Droud. He's six two, oh, yeah. a freshman from Edgewood, Kentucky. Played at Beechwood High. Scotty's dad played at Vanderbilt University. And another freshman who is equal to any we've had in a long, long time is Edward Jones, a six five freshman from New Orleans, but played his high school basketball. As he grew up in Indianapolis, he played at Pike High. So these are the guys to keep uh, uh, an eye on for Kentucky Wesleyan. Joe Mel Boyd is our pivot man at 6'6", a junior. He's a transfer from Montana State Northern, where he averaged 12 points and six rebounds a game last season. Now, uh, we're going to come and do the best we can do and uh, hope to give Kentucky uh, a, a run. Nevertheless, 
we know that this is a powerful, powerful, powerful ball club that uh, Coach Calipari has put together for Kentucky, and uh, there's there's no misgivings there. Joel Utley is the uh, radio play-by-play voice for Kentucky Wesleyan, one of four Wesleyan products to be in the Kentucky Athletic Hall of Fame. And there with King Kelly Coleman and George Tinsley and my, my friend Coach Guy Strong. Uh, you called his championship game there at Wesleyan in 66, right? Guy and I, yes. Guy had, <laughs> he and I have such a great relationship. Visited with him in Winchester very recently, and his mind is still sharp, sharp, sharp. He what can a good tell guy. you who played when, where, and how, and, uh, oh, wonderful, wonderful, man. We have such a great relationship, and uh, he and I, before the 1966 championship game, which was our first title, we'd meet outside the Kentucky Wesleyan Student Union building, sit on the bench, and eat a, a, an ice cream cone as we waited for the team bus to take us to Evansville's Roberts Stadium for the championship. Wonderful memories with guys from uh, Joel, I, I really appreciate you jumping on with us uh, early today, and uh, I'm, unfortunately, I'm going to be in Starkville uh, for the. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad to be there for the football game, but I just uh, won't get to see you, so I, I regret that uh, at the game tomorrow night. So, uh, have a great well, that's call. My loss. Thank well, hey, mine Thank too. You. Have a great call, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Tom, thanks a million, and again, let's hear it many times. Touchdown, Kentucky. I love it, man. Bunch of them this Saturday night would be nice down in Starkville. It would just uh, fade into that night air just so nice and over and drown out those cowbells. <laughs> Absolutely. Do your Thank thing, you, Joel. Tom. Have a good day. We'll Fair be right back you. to close it out in just a minute. Yes, sir. A couple of Wildcat birthdays today. Andrew and Aaron Harrison. Happy birthday to those guys. I don't think I ever remember hearing which one of them arrived in the world first or which one of them is uh, maybe a few seconds older. But anyway, happy birthday to the Harrison twins. What a treat visiting with Joel Udley. What a really cool guy. In his mid-80s. In his 61st season of doing Kentucky Wesleyan basketball, he'll be on the call uh, on the Kentucky Wesleyan Network for the uh, KWC versus the Wildcats tomorrow night in Rupp Arena. Um, we'll get him back on uh, another time and uh, spend more time and get uh, more into the the uh, broadcast history there. But for now, we close it out. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks we'll see for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next